Good day, good day, good day, everybody. Today is uh, April 11, um, 9.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, in this podcast, I'm going to talk about what the wealthy are doing as the meltdown continues. Um, there's three articles I'm going to highlight here. Okay, the first one is uh, all about Hong Kong. I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of proponent of Hong Kong or China CCP stuff. I'm just telling you what is happening out there in um, the world. And I like to follow the hot capital flow. So um, we're going to talk about alternatives. So the first article is from SCMP. I think this is a South China MP. I'm not sure, but SCMP.com. Title is Exclusive Wealthy Families from Middle East. That's the key, as I said yesterday in a, in a podcast. Also, my webinar uh, live stream on TradingView at QuantLabs.net. And I'm going to refer to that in today's set of podcasts. So you want to go to that. Um, so, again, wealthy families from Mideast, Europe, keen to set up family offices in Hong Kong, UBS boss says. Now, remember, that's after the merger in Switzerland with uh, Credit Suisse. So. That should say something in itself. Um, so government must introduce more policies and offer more tax incentive to attract talent. Family office had says Middle East uh, investors interested setting up family offices in Hong Kong due to the opportunities in the greater Bear Bay area. Um, these are not long articles, um, but I'll go through them and just give you an idea that internationally this is what's going on i will also confirm i am seeing some not a lot of activity in both hong kong and um singapore with their dollars weakening the singapore uh index has moved so i can see this happening um and i post that for all my uh members uh on there i did that last night uh policies okay so let's get to the top here Wealthy clients from Mideast, that's the key. That's where a lot of the wealth is, um, newer wealth, traditional wealth. Europe, Asia are interested in setting up family offices in Hong Kong because of government's new, new initiatives and opportunities in the greater Bay area. Uh, There's a quote from Amy Lee, Amy Lowe, head of wealth management for Asia Pacific at UBS and Hong Kong CEO. So this is this is a big deal. Um, from my trip to the Mideast in February, a number of investors that I met have shown interest in setting up their family office here in Asia, particularly in Hong Kong, because they are drawn to the opportunities in the greater Bay Area. Lowe met many Swiss bank clients from the U.S., U.K., Switzerland, Thailand, and mainland China. And I also have to mention that Thailand, a lot of Japanese wealth is in Thailand. So if they're moving from Thailand to Hong Kong, it says some. So they attended the Wealth for Good Summit on March 24th, the first major business event in the city after the removal of all COVID restrictions. Now, I kind of wonder, the Hong Kong market is still obviously under CCP control, but it is tax-free. So there is, in my mind, risk, but... This is something to really take note. 
Government organized the uh, summit, attracted more than 100 and overseas tycoons, family office operators to show the city was back to normal after three years of disruption caused by the uh, pandemic. Range of initiatives were unveiled to promote the city as an official family office hub. So if you're telling me that the Hong Kong market is growing, especially in wealth, not Dubai, and, and that's again, if they're in, in the Mideast, is that also hitting up Dubai as well, where Dubai wealth is now going to move to Hong Kong? If that's the case, it's a big deal. Anyway, so continuing, policies include it revamped investment, <clears throat> migration scheme. Hello, this is the big one. Tax incentives and creation of art storage facilities at the airport. Now, this is alternatives. That's including art. UBS has proactively reached out to families to introduce new policies and discuss what it means to them, how they benefit and help them preserve wealth and legacy. Uh, Lowe told the Post. Um, adding measured touch on issues close to family office, such as investing, art, and philanthropy. So I've got other little sub-headlines being thrown at me from uh, March 22nd in the same uh, article here, same site, SCMP, uh, Thailand's wealthiest clan, malls setting up Hong Kong family office. So I'll take a look at that in a minute. We are confident these initiatives will positively shape Hong Kong's development as an international center for family office. So these are real family offices. These are uh, the true sense of the word family office, meaning wealthy families hire their own in-house uh, trading firm, investment firm for the family and the family only. There are a lot of banks. There's a lot of advisors hijacking that meaning and saying we are a family office. So that is not, the, in a sense, the real family office, what it originally means, where if you have George Soros or all the wealthy who have their, and I'm sure, I do believe uh, Elon Musk has his own as well, but he doesn't talk about it. In fact, people don't even know Elon Musk has his own school for his own kids, and, he, and it's a school only for about maybe 20 families. And apparently it's a high, very high-level high school. But... Um, these are sort of things that wealthy do that we don't hear about, but these are wealthy, extreme, probably extremely wealthy. And it says here tycoons of what real wealth is, not the wannabe wealth, we'll call it, um, even though they're probably doing all right, too. But we're talking about real wealth, traditional, in a sense, traditional wealth. Financial Secretary Paul Chan Mo Po, in his budget in February, announced the government would allocate $100 million, uh, Hong Kong to promote family offices uh, in October. Chief Executive John Lee Ka Chui, I, I'm always well known for butchering foreign names, my apologies to anybody here, set a target of attracting 200 large family offices in the city by 2025. Wow. Okay, so uh, Hong Kong government promotion came at the right time as many wealthy families in the West, in the West, as, as I said, it's UK and US included, Middle East and Asia are eyeing new markets to invest their wealth. We have seen more diversification in our clients. And again, a lot of them are coming out of Switzerland, as, as, I, as this article hinted at, particularly alternatives such as private markets. These are now the, the, what's defined as alternatives, true alternatives again, in the wealth sense. Private markets and hedge funds and across different markets. I guess that would include the art, the art scene as well. 
we will continue to shift in investments from all over the world to Asia where the growth is. And as I said before, I am watching many videos on what's going on in, in, in Southeast Asia. We're talking countries like Thailand, uh, Vietnam, uh, even Australia uh, and the like. Um, Asia Pacific economy is expected to grow at 4.3% in 2023, which is not usual for the rest of the world, Europe and, U and U.S. included. While mainland China GDP products expect to grow at 5.4, which is quite a lot from a global perspective, according to the forecast from UBS, Chinese government has set a, a target of 5% of the nation's economy uh, for 2023. Another article came here, Hong Kong holds on to uh, fourth place in global financial uh, center rankings. I'll, I may, I'm, while I'm here, I might as well take a look at these, right? So Patrick Tsang of Tang Group, who set up family offices in Hong Kong, uh, has a focus on innovation technology, globally urged government to more tax incentive. They want to attract more family offices to Hong Kong. Uh, they're on the right track. That's the government to do more. Uh, and the big one, obviously, is tax incentive to make it easier for not just business owners, but also people they hire from overseas to get them to come over. We need to showcase the greater Bay attractiveness. Uh, being introduced to the greater Bay Area, a Bay Area project in February 2019, uh, in turn, nine cities, Guangdong province, wow, this is all China, Hong Kong, Macau, into an integrated economic powerhouse. I've been to Hong Kong in its early days, in the early 90s, and I'll tell you, there's wealth out, out, out there. And the other place that I've seen where Rolls Royces are parked overnight uh, on the street, like that's London in, in New Westminster. Um, so we have Tang Group will continue to be based in Hong Kong and tap China and the greater barrier area, highlighting the importance of Hong Kong as a super connector between China and the world. Very interesting. Government should work on promoting the potential of greater Bay area and different kinds of investment opportunity. We know that this website is kind of obviously promoting Hong Kong and China, obviously, but um, their approach now, this is not some from Chinese state level enterprise. This is UBS out of Switzerland. We're talking. Okay. So that's how they're able to build out their niche. So I'm going to look at this wealth for good summit. Let me just pull up that. Uh, if you're interested in that, um, you can find it in the original SCMP article. So Hong Kong spells incentive for wealthy uh, families setting up in city, easier path to residency, holistic offering, revamped investing, migration scheme will, will court one, oh wow, one denominated assets towards threshold for uh, residency. That's interesting. Uh, so I've been to Hong Kong. It is tax-free. It's not on a lot of people's radar in the West because of obviously the controls that uh, mainland China has over uh, Hong Kong. So people are scared to move, to make that move, which I get. Um, but I do find this very interesting. So going into the bark, uh, into this here, um, wealth manager offices, high net worth families to set up in the city, including revamped investment migration scheme that will count one denominated assets as well as the creation of art storage. So we've seen that. Um, 
So it's all going to be all denominated in wealth. Just another reason of the U.S. denomination, uh, de-dollaration that's going on. For those interested in setting up a family office here, I want you to know that it's a thriving development of your business in Hong Kong. Chief policy priority of Hong Kong said, da-da-da, we want to ensure that family offices have the comprehensive services that they need to thrive in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, so I guess... Uh, I'll, I'm not going to go into too deep into that one. Uh, the other article I'm interested in is what's going on in Thailand. I'm sure a lot of people want to know about Thailand. So let's see what the Thailand... Oh, here we go. Okay, so this is new. Uh, again, I'm new to all this. I'm very interested in about it, and I, and I, and I don't mind uh, sharing it through these podcasts. So here's this article. Again, SCMP. Uh, title is uh, Thailand's... Here, Chiravanant clan, and that's spelled C-H-E-A-R-A-V-A-N-O-N-T clan, considers a Hong Kong family office answering cities well for good, called to set up Asia Hub to manage fortunes. Now, I've seen the videos on Thailand. I have to say it looks amazing over there. Everybody, all the young people, all the young Asians are speaking pretty well close to near perfect English. It's, it's that good. So the senior chairman of the CP group uh, of that name, Danan Chiravena Nanan and his eldest son, Supaki Ji, will join a Friday galley dinner at the Palace Museum at the Wealth for Good Summit. This is stuff you won't read about in the Western media, I find. Uh, family office in Hong Kong is a good opportunity to consolidate in a sprawling investment in one of the ages of China. Wealthiest clan said a family member. Um, so these guys out of Thailand, it looks like Lotus Supermarket, Su- CP's uh, group, Super Brand Mall at Shanghai uh, District, Chinese name of the supermarket chain in a tribute to the Thai conglomerate founder, Chia Ek Chor. Chor. I, I'm sure I got that wrong. So, anyways, this clan, whose members have dominated Thailand's billionaires for decades, plan to set up an outfit in Hong Kong to invest in the clan's future, becoming one of the biggest names of the rarefied world of family office to heed the city ambition becoming Asia Wealth Management Hub. Wow. So, like, you would think that Hong Kong, or sorry, Bangkok and Thailand would be good enough because it seems that Bangkok is booming there. I mean, I think a lot of it's tourist-driven, but internally, I just know that Japanese wealthy are there as well. Um, and I'm sure among others that we don't know about. So the senior chairman, second generation scion of the Cherion Pak Pan group will fly in with his eldest son. Uh, okay, now it's a paywall. Uh, now, uh, but I'll read the rest. We'll fly in with his eldest son. So it's known as the CP group chairman to join a, okay, so that's all new. Two executives women in Hong Kong to see for themselves. So there you go. Um, that's on SCMP. So I got another article here called uh, theasset.com. This is a full article uh, as well, talking about Hong Kong. This title is Family Offices Shift from Fixed Income to Alternatives. So that's now the new uh, area that the wealthier, wealthier going into is alternatives. Okay, so we'll, we'll go into that more. Um, so this is really eye-opening for me and hopefully for you as well, that they're getting out of traditional trading sense. 
Um, obviously, we don't have the privilege of what these wealth have access to. And I'm saying, I keep saying, real true wealth. Family offices reduce their fixed income allocation, which is pretty surprising that interest rates are still going up. Increasing investment in private equity, okay, real estate, and private debt. Sacrificing liquidity for returns, according to a new report. Um, so the shift to alternative diversifiers has been promoted, prompted by high inflation, rising interest rates. Again, UBS says in the Global Family Office report, and yes, there is a link for that. That's 2022. Um, okay, so yeah, so is that freely available? There's a video executive summary. Yes, you can, you can, uh, you can download that. I'm not going to get into that, but that's available if you want to see that. Um, which survey 221 single single office offices across the group. So I guess that's a new name, single office, like with uh, the butchered hijack definition of a family office. That's probably what they're calling them, single family. So it's one family office. Uh, in Asia, 40% plan to increase direct private equity allocations, while 18% intend to raise investment in private equity funds. So it's not as high, uh, raise investment private equity funds and funds of funds. Real estate is favored by 26%, while 36, 33% are turning to private debt. So there's a difference between private equity, private debt. A third of the average family office portfolio in the region was allocated equities in 2021, 15% to, uh, to uh, fixed income, 11% to real estate, and 2% to private debt. Looking at the future, family office exploring incremental shifts in strategic asset allocation, SAA venturing into the private market they have been investing in for the past few years. So I guess this is an image from, yeah, so this is an image from that report at UBS. So what we're seeing here, okay, so there's a comparison between the global report for 2022 and then an Asia Pacific. It looks pretty well the same. Private equity, it's 13% in the global report. But for Asia Pacific, it's 14% private equity, fund to fund, uh, 8% for global, Asia Pacific's 5%, private debt 2%, 2% both, hedge funds 4%, uh, global report, and 3% uh, for Asia Pacific, and real estate, global 12 and Asia Pacific at 11 So those are the big breakdowns. Um, there's still, okay, so that's where the growth is in the alternatives. Um, now, if you want to know about bonds, still 11%. So this is now bond fixed income developed market. So that's like West. 11% global, 9% Asia Pacific. Bond or fixed income developing markets, 4% for global, 6% for Asia Pacific. Equity developed market, 24%. So again, they're still heavily concentrated in equity developed market, 24% for uh, global, 18 for Asia Pacific. Equity and developed markets at 8%. And this is the interesting one. Asia Pacific is at 15%. Very interesting. 
So those are the nitty gritty details of the allocation of what these family offices are. And this is where, as I like to always say, follow the hot capital. That's real hot capital news right there. Uh, you're not going to get that anywhere else, I don't think. Uh, if, you, if you're following like CNBC and, and Bloomberg, you're just going to get co this convoluted, like very micro in the equity space. Um, but this is what the large wealthy are doing globally and specifically in Asia. Family office, so I'm continuing the article. Family offices pace with period substantial transformation in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, digital disruption, and now a war in Ukraine. They are reviewing their options with greater urgency. Interesting. Strategic shift towards additional sources of return and alternative diversifier gain ground. Um, again, this is from UBS. Against challenging market conditions, family offices see the bigger picture and applying prudence and innovation to their strategic asset allocation. All right, so let's continue along. According, um, let's see here. Uh, I, I know I'm giving a lot of info in detail. That's okay for those that listen. If you don't, well, this is what the wealthy are doing. If you don't care, then you drop off. And that's fine too. Um, private equity broad opportunity and potential to produce higher return is popular among private offices. Uh, this is from the report. A 96% of family offices in the U.S. invest in private equity. Wow, that's quite a lot. Followed by those in, in Switzerland. So you got to remember there's a lot of wealth in Switzerland or a lot of wealth is parked in Switzerland. Middle East is 83% for private equity. Asia Pacific is 79 Western Europe. Uh, Latin America, where private equity invests lags. Participation rate is at 73, 76%. So there's still in uh, private uh, equity, private uh, followed by private equity. Family offices seeing out more active strategies. Asia Pacific, 39% respondents uh, either rely more on attractive strategies and manager selection on considering doing so 18 percent of the region are also set in sites on e-liquid assets well you know what those are namely real estate uh 66 percent of apac asia family offices hard to find uncorrelated returns in the current environment so i keep saying last year the uncorrelated uh return was the usd japanese yen that was the easiest most obvious um, reflecting bond yield, 50%, 2% in the region say they no longer think high-quality fixed income help diversify. Very true. We see that right now. And this is going into uh, this year. Uh, quarter, uh, use hedge funds to diversify are doing, considering doing so. As the search for uh, alternative diversify intensifies, 41% that think the region, they're no longer able to uh, build a portfolio with long-only investments. Interesting again. So I want to remind you, as the little, tall and poor people compared to, obviously, these kind of families, can you get exposed to these type of um, assets? And the answer is yes, through ETFs. Um, and uh, I'm constantly looking at wherever I'm seeing them. I've kind of highlighted those on my stream last night on TradingView. Again, go there. Again, that's at Quant Labs Net. Uh, 
uh, the account for on TradingView. Asia Pacific uh, offices continue to favor private equity allocations. Uh, equity look set to rise further in the next five years. Uh, again, UBS, um, global wealth. Somebody says, technology is the most common sector for PE. I guess that's the likes of uh, consistent players like Apple, Microsoft, and Google um, as well, because they're consistent. This spans across e-commerce, data, artificial intelligence, the cloud, blockchain. So a lot of those companies are participating in those spaces, including Apple for e-commerce, let's say. As regards for digital assets and distributed ledger technologies, DLT, this is interesting. 24% of the region either invested in DLT or considered doing so. That's kind of like, oh, well, also about 24% invest in crypto or doing so. Again, you won't hear about that. The old legacy, um, old legacy financial world, the fiat world, don't want you to know that. That's pretty significant. Uh, half, 53% of the family offices in the region have substantial investments, believing that such investments will outperform overall markets in the next five years. So there you go. Half will say that digital crypto will outperform the um older legacy stuff so that's an interesting note to take there all right so let's do one more article um how much time have we put into this wow almost half an hour okay so again this is now from a website called finnews.com i like these websites because there's no paywall um okay finnews.com wealthy Individual, that's the title. Wealthy individuals from the Middle East are now showing interest in setting up family offices in Hong Kong, which we just talked about. Um, this is probably a repeat of what I just already gone over. So, uh, Hong Kong chief executive visited the Mideast to strengthen ties. It's probably one of the reasons why um, Z, uh, Premier of China, went over to Mideast and solidified the peace deal between uh, China and uh, Iran. Or, sorry. Saudi and Iran. This is pretty smart. Call it marketing, whatever you want to call it. Pretty genius that we're not hearing in, in, in the mainstream media. Okay, so this is what this guy says. For my trip in February, several investors I met have shown interest because they're drawn to the opportunities in the greater Bay Area. Okay, we know about that. Uh, I think this is just a repeat of what I just said. Banks outreach, that's UBS, to clients including familiarizing with the new local measures, including a revamped investment-based migration scheme, tax incentive. We know that. Um, so this is what UBS is doing to solidify their market share. And, and, and between Credit Suisse and UBS, obviously their, their bread, and, bread and butter is uh, the, um, the wealth manager, obviously. So UBS proactively reached out to these families to introduce new policies. Oh, we just read that. Um, Financial Secretary Paul Chan announced government, 100 million. We know that. We are confident in these, and it will positively shape Hong Kong's development as an international center for family office. And that's it. So that's, that's stating the case. Now, I find this very interesting. Uh, and if you're at the end of it, that tells me, and you should congratulate yourself, you take this stuff very seriously. Um, and if you want to know more about what I'm doing and how I'm kind of shifting my idea and trading, knowing this, um, right now I'm, I'm actively trading in crypto, 
and some ETFs in, in silver and uh, gold. Obviously, it's what my members are. There's the profitable ones, not profitable ones. And um, yeah, so if you want to know more what I do, uh, you want to know more about the crypto, protecting your wealth through that, go to quantlabs.net slash banking, and you get a whole slew of videos on that. But this is a very interesting uh, set of articles. Hopefully you got something out of it. Thanks for listening and have yourselves a good day.